This, my friends, is the How'd You Get Into That Podcast with Graham Baldwin, episode 53. Let's go. Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That Podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. What is up, my friends? Welcome to the How'd You Get Into That Podcast. My name is Grant. It is great to have you here with us uh, on this lovely fall day. And uh, hopefully it's still remaining uh, slightly fallish wherever you are and that the snow has not begun to fall uh, wherever you may find yourself in the world. But great to have you here. Uh, we've got a great episode for you, great interview, great uh, encouraging episode. And, and really, I think this one is going to really cause you to think big, like really big. But before we get into that, I just want to let you know, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you more about it after the interview. But, you know, we've been doing a bunch of giveaways lately. We've been giving away lots of, we gave away a year membership to, to Dropbox. We gave away a bunch of uh, Seth Godin books, gave away some coaching recently with myself. We gave away uh, a copy of You Need a Budget, a budgeting software I use and recommend. But today, for this week, we are actually doing a massive giveaway. We are giving away like the biggest giveaway that we've done so far. We're giving away a lifetime membership to one of my favorite things online. So you're going to have to stick around for a little bit to find out more about that. But uh, I just want to tease you. I just want to let you know, hey, that's coming. So after the interview, I will give you more details. But let's get into today's interview. Today we've got Tyler Hayes, and Tyler's a guy who has built a, uh, a really cool app just helping people t- gain more control of their kind of their medical information and, you know, the, the medical system is obviously something that's that's very fragmented and you've got pieces of, of your personal health information all over the world, maybe not necessarily the world, but all over the place. Uh, we'll use that that broad term there. But he's really tried to figure out how do you kind of bring it under one un- umbrella so you can have a little more control over it. So great story about how we, not we, I didn't have anything to do with it, but how he got into it. So here we go. Let's do this. Here's uh, Tyler Hayes. Enjoy. All right. Greetings, my friends. Welcome to another episode of How'd You Get Into That? Today, we're joined by Tyler Hayes, who is a uh, kind of in the startup scene in the app world uh, out in the Silicon Valley. So, Tyler, what is up, man? Welcome to the show. Oh, hey. Happy Wednesday. What's going on? Good to have you here. All right. Let's get into it. So, I'll give a quick snapshot there. You're uh, in the app space in the tech startup world, but give us an overview of your business, what you're doing. Mm, yeah. Okay. So, I am the co-founder and CEO of a company called Prime. Prime's a mobile app that allows families to communicate privately about their medical information. Well, okay, what exactly does that mean, privately? Why can't, yeah. why can't I just call my mom and tell her that I have chicken pox or something? I mean, you totally could. Do you have chicken pox? I don't. I think I had it as a kid. I need to. I need, we may need to just cut this interview short just so I can call mom and I get this red thing on my own. That's, in fact, my mom's a nurse, so if I've got any issues, typically she's my first call of going, all right, what, uh, <laughs> what is going on here? So why do I need a, an app to share that? Or what, what exactly, how is the app formatted to, to help with that? Yeah, I think it's kind of a no-brainer for just most people in general that whenever you get sick, you have to deal with going to lots of doctors and it's always this, this crap show of figuring out where to go and where your information is. But what we do is we make this app mostly actually for people who have a chronic illness because it turns out uh, about 130 million people in the United States have a chronic illness. So literally one in three people. Jeez. And it ranges from you know the gentle end to like asthma, but all the way up to diabetes and obesity and cancer and chronic congestive heart failure and and things like that. So they typically go to the doctor on a weekly, monthly basis. And evidently, people who have a chronic illness see five different specialists a year. And now if you can imagine that 
one, you're sick, two, it sucks to be sick, and now all of a sudden you're going to five different doctors at three different healthcare systems. You don't have any of your records as you're going between these doctors, and then you find out that the medical industry is in such shape that they, those doctors, also can't transfer your records between each other. Now you're responsible for moving that information. And it's crazy. What people end up doing is, I mean, if your mom's a nurse, maybe you've seen this, they'll end up carrying around these like gigantic binders of paper medical records and bags of pill bottles. And they end up playing games of telephone with their family members and their caregivers to try and coordinate everything that's going on. And my co-founders and I had personal experience with this, with helping our own family members go through these battles. And it was just so ridiculous. And we just were talking one day. I was like, all right, we got to do something about this. There's got to be a better way. Yeah. So we just built an app that uh, it seems like a no-brainer, but it, it instantly and automatically gets all your health records from all your doctors and then pulls them onto your phone. And then you can privately share individual pieces of those records with your family. So. Nice. You know, it's the thing that needs to exist, but it was very, very tough to build because the medical system doesn't really standardize how medical records are made available. And so we had to take literally three months of 16-hour days every day of just software engineering to figure out how to get records from all these different doctor systems. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you would think that, uh, you know, in this day and age that, that the medical system would be able to, to do that better. But I guess it's still in some, some areas, <laughs> it tends to be a little behind the times, a bit antiquated. A little bit. Just a bit, just a bit. All right, so where does yeah. this fascination in the healthcare profession come from? Because it's one thing to like identify a need and see something, and maybe it sounds like you, you had a you know, personal experience with that, which I'm sure we'll get into. But it's one thing to see that and be like, oh, man, there's got to be a better way. It's another thing to be like, I'm the guy to build the better way. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe that's just the, the arrogance that comes with uh, going through these problems yourself, and you don't really think that, you know, I can't get this done. I, if we had looked at what we were going to have to do over the next 12 months when we started this a year ago, I definitely don't think we would have felt nearly as confident in being able to accomplish what we did. But that's sort of the beauty of naivety and, and ignorance is you just think, yep, this needs to be solved. So let's go solve it. And let's just figure out how to do it. Yeah, I think there's definitely some beauty there of just going, I want to have, uh, I want to be heads up to what I'm walking into. But at the same time, I don't want to know fully what I'm walking into. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have taken the first step in the, in the first place. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, I don't think that necessarily like we're the only people in the world that could do this, but there is a certain element. There's like that mixture that, that comes with starting something, whether it's a company or a band or whatever. You need to have certain elements in place. You need to have the timing in place. Luck certainly plays a, a huge factor in success of things. And so I think that we just so happen to have a team that has a great designer, a great software engineer, and a great marketer. And we also experience the problems ourselves. And then the medical industry has gotten to such a place where technically, sort of, this information has started to be made available. So it was kind of the right place, right time. Nice. Gotcha. Let's backtrack a little bit. I know we were talking a little bit earlier offline. Uh, you grew up in uh, Minnesota? Eh? <laughs> I will never say it like that. But yes, I grew up in Minnesota. <laughs> that was a pretty good accent. When you were growing up, what was kind of the path you were on? What, what was it you wanted to do with life? I had no idea. I mean, did you have any idea? You know, like I remember like different interests, but I don't, it wasn't until like later high school where I started to 
feel like, okay, well maybe I could go down this particular path. But even then you're just kind of like, I still feel pretty young. And even today I still feel pretty young. I'm going to keep telling myself that. (laughs) So you just kind of, kind of figure it out as you go. I know for me, like one struggle that I had was just feeling like I needed to know the one thing. And this is something I hear from a lot of people on the show is like, I felt that internal pressure to be like, what's the one thing? Cause once you figure out the one thing, that's what you do for the next 40, 50, 60 years. Like you've got to figure it out. That's, that's the one thing you're stuck doing that. And so I think, you know, sometimes there's that pressure of you got to know that one thing rather than, we'll just do this for a little while. And if you do, if you do that for five years and it runs its course and you're ready to try something else, that's great. But just trying to start somewhere, you know, rather than Boy, feeling the pressure see, to know the one thing. I was never that guy. I didn't subscribe to that even at a young age. I just did every possible thing I could. I did, I played every sport. I did every club. I did every extracurricular activity because I realized this later in my life. Basically what I was doing is I was trying to weed out the things I didn't like yeah, and and then try to find what my competing loves were. That's what I call them, competing loves. So I certainly love surfing, but and I love rugby, but I'm not going to do those for a living because I love other things more, like you know, building technology and playing around with technology. Yeah, and solving really big problems. You know, when I was young, I I always sort of had this uh, existential crisis up to until I came to Silicon Valley. Of I didn't feel like I was working on things that were big enough. And like, it was a very literal daily manifestation for me. I would always, you know, I would call my parents, I'd I'd talk to my friends and just be like, you know, do you feel like you're doing enough? Do you feel like what you're doing is cool? We only really get so much time here. And even when I was young, I ended up doing this calculation several years ago when I was younger, where I figured out the amount of time you have to live. And so I, I figured that, you know, if you assume the first 22 years of your life are basically you are under someone else's control. Like you're doing what you want to do, but you can't just wake up in the morning and decide what you want to do every day. You can right. really only do that once you graduate college. So you assume you're 22, average human lifespan is you know, 75 years or so. You have about 10,000 waking days to live. And so it's actually it's 12,000 waking days once you're 22, but at the time you're 30, you have about 10,000 waking days left on average in your life. And it was just like, as soon as I looked at it, I was like, oh, holy cow, like that's that's not that much time. I mean, it's, it's enough where you can almost feel those days taken away, but it's still long enough that I feel like I could contribute something. So, uh, once I did that, I basically realized like, okay, I need to just start doing the things I want to do. I sold my company in Minnesota. I moved to San Francisco. I just mulled around for a while and I ended up uh, finding this company called discuss, which is an online commenting system. When I joined them at a very early stage and just started like looking at all the things I wanted to do. And I basically set two goals for myself in my life after I played around for a while and realized I want to do two things, and that's it. One, I want to be the first human being in another solar system, which you know is crazy uh, to most people, but I'm dead serious about it. Nice. And the second is I want to give everyone the ability to live forever. So the working on Prime is certainly a direct, direct step towards that second goal, which I think is the first one that I really want to achieve. I love the conviction that you say those things with, because I think, you know, it's one thing if you hear like a, a six-year-old tell you those things and you're like, oh, that's adorable. That's, you you know, <laughs> pat them on the head type deal and give them a quarter. But it's another thing where it's like, no, 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 like I'm not, I'm not screwing around. Like I'm dead serious. I'm going to, I want to figure this out. Like that's the level of problems that you're thinking about. So where does that, where does that come from? Uh, Cause it's one thing to be like, you know, I want to saying things like, I want to make the world a better place. And maybe internally we all have those, those feelings and emotions, but it's something totally different to be like, no, I, I literally want to make the world a better place. And here's my plan to make it make that happen. Where, where does that come from? Right. I honestly could not tell you. I've just always been wired that way. Just something, I, uh, so, something that something is there. Yeah, you know, it's, 
growing up, uh, I just kind of always felt that exact that desire to do something in the world that helped improve people's lives. And so after I sold my company in Minnesota, when I moved to California, I actually started some side projects looking at charities and philanthropy and realized I you know, really want to see how, like, what are the big problems in the world and how are people solving them and how much of a dent are we making? And it's just like this crazy how much we're doing in the world. And I think most people just don't realize it, that, you know, we're, we're solving huge things like malaria and hunger. And, you know, we've pulled 500 million to a billion people out of extreme poverty in the last 15 years. But that's, I just don't think most people know that. Right, right. And so I, you know, I've always had this desire to learn those things. And then I, over time, as I was working on them, just eventually realized that what I want to do is work on health records and giving people their health information specific, because that's like the first logical step for me. Yeah. What was that company you had in Minnesota? <laughs> um, it was called Tyler the Techie, and it was, uh, it was like a competitor to Geek Squad. It was this franchise-based company, so there would be like Pete the Techie and Richie the Techie. And uh, it was, instead of you going to Geek Squad uh, and paying this exorbitant rate for a teenager who really didn't care about helping you, you had one person who came to you, their phone number, emails, so you could contact them anytime, and uh, it was one flat rate. So it was basically you had a personal IT person. Nice. And did you do this out of college? Did you go to college? Yeah, I, I went to college. I started that company when I was 17. Okay. Nice. Very good. So you did that. <laughs> how long did you have that before you sold it? I sold it when I was, God, how old was I? 24. All right. 24. So, so at that point, then you head out to head west toward uh, Silicon Valley? <laughs> Yeah, right. So that would be 2010. I moved out to Silicon Valley. So when you headed out to headed out west to Silicon Valley, are you thinking like I'm just going to find a startup, or did you have any plans of what you were headed out to do, or where's where's your head at at that point? I, you know, I I just sold everything and moved and just figured it would work out. <laughs> like you do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I yeah, I feel like I I was very lucky to be able to do that. I need to be very cognizant of that that I had enough money, I had been set up with the life skills and experiences and wisdom to be able to go to a new place and make friends and meet people. So like, it, it's not like it was just, you know, anybody could do this. But no, there was absolutely still certainly an element of risk. How do you decide on something like that, that significant of making a move cross country, uh, where you've just saved up, you've sold everything and you're just like, yeah, I'm just going to you know, change the scenery and trust that it works out. How do you, cause there, there's some people that can make that move and it will work out. And some people that can make that move and it'd be a huge disaster. So, uh, is there yeah. any way to kind of determine ahead of time? Like maybe I shouldn't make this move or where does that kind of balance, even going back to what we talked about earlier, where does that balance of a base of wisdom as well as, as being a bit naive about it? Uh, how do you kind of balance that? Well, I don't know that I could say it much better than you just did. I mean, you, you got to have that balance and it, at some point you just know, I don't think there's ever a point when you could just feel like, yep, I, I'm going to do this and I can do it. You, you just basically have to at some point, you have to want it enough for me, it was, it was sort of unfortunate. I actually I had lost several friends uh, and family members over the years. So when I graduated college, actually, this is, is kind of weird. Every June after I graduated college, I lost one during the June right after I graduated college. Um, I lost one of my friends uh, and one of my close friends. And then the June after that, I lost. Uh, and then the year after that, I lost my dad to lung cancer. And I was always during that time period talking about, oh, I'm going to move to California and it's going to be great. And, and I, I never really did it because I felt like, you know, I, I could just sort of take my time. And then, uh, you know, I started losing people who were very close to me and getting very close to realizing just how short life is. 
And it's sort of an unfortunate way to go about that. And I don't think everyone needs to go through would have moved to California eventually too, but it probably would have taken me several more years because I, I was I had the dream in my head, so I didn't really need to go and fulfill it. I think it's kind of like how people, you know, they say they're gonna like work out or lose weight or something like that, and then that's enough for them. Like they feel the success from working out once or something, and then they don't really keep going after that. It was kind of the same for me with moving, and I had to I had to have life sort of kick me in the ass to go. Right, right. When you're experiencing all of these different tragedies around you, what it sounds like, and especially over the course of a couple of years and someone as close to you as your, as your father, obviously it's, it's rattling you in terms of, the, of just realizing like how precious and how short and what a gift life is. But looking ahead to today, is that, kind of, is that having a big factor on how you wanted to get involved with, with the healthcare industry? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think going through lung cancer with my dad was definitely an eye-opening experience. Because, you know, when you're young, you don't really have to deal with the healthcare system too much. And I had to experience it from a fairly young age. So once you move out to California, you get the job with uh, Discuss, which I personally use on my site. It's a great company. Dig what they're doing. So I, I, I guess I have you to, to blame for that. So, you're so welcome. While, while you're out there, did you just land that job right away? No, it was after a few months. I just mulled around and met some people and went to meetups and did this San Francisco thing, just kind of went around and uh, attended as much technology stuff as I could. And then I ran into the Discuss team at one point, and it just seemed like, you know, maybe there might be a fit here. And they were still pretty early at that point. I was employee, I don't know, somewhere around employee 10. And yeah, after a few months, then uh, we decided, you know, let's give it a shot. And then I stayed there for the next uh, three years. I probably would have stayed there the rest of my life, to be honest, if uh, it hadn't if the healthcare system were already fixed, just because it was a, it's such a special company, a special team. I don't think most people know this, but Discuss actually has over one billion unique visitors across their entire network. So it's massive, but they only have like fifty or sixty employees. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's I mean yeah. you see it on most major sites and as the uh, the 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 comment tool of choice. So it's, uh, it's, it's very popular. So once you're, you're there for three years, you're loving it. And at what point are you kind of thinking, I love it here, but I don't know, maybe there's something more. Well, you know, like I said, it's sort of always been a theme for me in my life. And then I, I guess I blame, uh, the fact that I just thought about it every day being the, the, the reason I ended up finally taking a leap to do something else, because if I didn't think about it every day, then I, probably wouldn't have done it. So I, I feel like that's really the only important thing. You need to just want something and then, you know, you figure it out over time. And if you, even if you don't know how you're going to get there. And uh, I knew that I wanted to make a big change in how people live their lives because I, I personally want to live forever. So I've always been searching through, you know, human augmentation and science and genetics and uh, eventually out and then started to deal with the healthcare system again for taking care of some of my family members. And then I'll never forget this actually. It was Halloween day, 2012, and I was on a bus going to work at Discuss, and a guy, a person, so I should say a person, but a guy stole a person's laptop on the bus and then pulled it on everybody, and I happened to be standing right next to him, and so he put the gun in my face, and it was kind of like, all right, <laughs> I need, if I'm going to do anything, I need to just do it now, and so then I, I talked to Will and Owen, my co-founders, uh, and I said, you know, this idea we've been talking about, like, what if we just did that now? And uh, then we prototype Prime. And then six months later, we all left our jobs. Dang, that's crazy. So you're on the bus, yeah. guy pulls a gun, <laughs> you're wrong place, wrong yeah. time. What's going through your mind at the time? I mean, at the exact moment, like, just, you know, <laughs> don't do anything stupid. Yeah. 
Jeez, that's got a. It sounds like that that kind of rattles your cage just a bit. Yeah, you know, a bit. I, I mean, what do you do? I no, I, yeah, I don't even know. I, I mean, I want to say that the uh, you know the the Jack Bauer in me comes out and and yeah, retake right. the bus for justice or something, but I, I can't imagine that would actually happen in the moment. So that happens. You uh, you immediately go and just talk to you know what would be your your future co-founders with with Prime, and is it just kind of like, hey, we got to do this. It's now or never. Or what are you kind of thinking? Pretty much, yeah. You know, I could. <laughs> I'm sure Will's in the other room. I could go count this but it was literally i i emailed the company i said i'm taking a day off <laughs> taking a personal day and then uh i went and i texted will i lived in san francisco by the ferry building at the time and um i just walked over to the- get some coffee come and meet me and he came to get some coffee and then we just walked along in san francisco for a little while and i told him what happened and, and said you know honestly we've been talking about this for a while and this happened and life is short do you want to do this and will you join me? When did the the conversation about this whole idea first come into play? Because obviously it's, it's, if you guys get together and like, hey, well, let's do this idea. Obviously you'd been talking about it for a little bit there. So when did that first kind of start uh, talking about it? It was uh, a few months before that. It just started happening organically. I don't think I could put an exact day on it because, you know, we, we were just dealing with the healthcare system at the time with our family members and it just started happening. But it was... Probably some summer 2012, sometime in there. Whenever you guys first start talking about it, I mean, it, it's obviously you know a, a needed issue, but it's again kind of going back to what we talked about earlier. It's it's a totally different conversation to be like, man, this is a pain. Let's let's do something about it. So, did you just immediately find common ground among everyone? Like, hey, we, let's let's build this, or is it just kind of just start as more of a, a gripe session about what the industry was as, at the time? Session had been happening for a few months before that. But yeah, to your point, I, I think I should be clear. I try to say this whenever I talk about any of this stuff. Like, I had no idea at any point what I was going to do or what I was doing. Like, talking about it in now, in hindsight, everything, of course, seems super clear and super laid out. But, like, the whole time I was very confused. I felt like I didn't have any answers. I didn't even identify 100% what the problems were. And it was very frustrating. It's really angering to not know how you, what you want to do and how you're going to solve it. Uh, but just knowing that you want to do something because you feel this pain so badly. And so where we actually started was we just knew we wanted to remove all these stupid points of friction dealing with the healthcare system when you have to go through it a lot, specifically with your family members. We didn't know, for example, that we were going to have to amazing technical backend for our system that gets all your health records from all your doctors because we naively at the beginning thought oh of course like doctors just make medical mm-hmm. records available of course we'll be able to get them right. uh, and so then eventually you know we're like okay well i think we're gonna have to build this and we had a serious talk and we said all right you know is this something we want to do do we do we want to leave our jobs and take you know however long it takes to actually build that technology and we didn't know how long and it was three or four months later when we finally finished it Whenever you are in that place, the place you just described was a place I think a lot of people are that are listening to this who are going, okay, I know the thing that I'm doing uh, currently, either I, I love it or it's just fine or it's just whatever. I feel like though there's something bigger for me. I feel like there's some, I'm supposed to do something to make some type of dent in the world. I'm here to do more than just breathe and take up space, but I really, I really want to leave a mark, a significant mark. So you could have done anything to, you know, to, to accomplish some of these life goals. So 
why choose this? And I guess more importantly for people that may be listening, like how did you decide that this was at least for the next foreseeable future going to be the thing that you really sunk your teeth into? That's a good question. It just felt right. I wish I could probably, well, let me, let me think about that for a second because I try to in my life reason out things. I think it's, like I said earlier, it was, it was just because I thought about it every single day and I suffered through that frustration of, man, I, I know I need to figure it out and I'm, I, I know I want to figure it out, but I, did, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And it was just having faith basically that the answer would come. And then it was my tactic for accomplishing that was just try everything, just build every little thing that came to my mind, every website, every mobile app, every club, just do everything and, and figure out what I don't like, remove those from what I'm doing, and then just keep trying other things. And uh, it just so happened that eventually by the time I was how old, 26 years old, I, I finally figured out, okay, here's something that I love. It feels huge. It, I know that I have a lot of drive for this because I've dealt with the system. And then it just felt like, you know, it could achieve such a big scale and we could make such an impact on people's lives, which is really what we measure success by that, you know, I took the leap on it. Yeah. I know that there's people that, that may be listening to this too that would feel like they've got some type of struggle or maybe like you said, something related to their family that like, golly, if I could just alleviate this problem from other people's lives, it, it really makes life worth living. So well, like when you first start kind of thinking about it, I guess what some of your or some of your first steps when you you don't know what you don't know and you don't really know what you're getting into, but you know you want to take on this issue that's kind of plagued your family. Where do you even begin to tackle a challenge like that? <laughs> or just wherever you can start. <laughs> I don't think there's any specific place anyone could say where you could start. My my friend uh, Andy has this saying where there's basically two kinds of people. And uh, first of all, anytime you divide groups into two groups, obviously there's more. But he says there's two groups of people. One is the kind of person who, when they want to work on something, they stand back and they kind of look at the entire situation. And maybe they take six months to plan and they figure out what kind of bulldozer do I need and then where do I need to to, to dig. And then finally, they kind of strike once, and then they make the whole thing right in one go, and then it's good to go. For people, who they need to dig a hole in the ground. They'll just take a spoon, and they'll just start digging, right? Because like, they don't know what they need to do, and they'll just figure it out along the way. And uh, I really am probably more of like the first type of person, or sorry, the second type of person. Like I'll, I'll just start digging and going. And I think that's, if you don't know what you need to do, you just need to do something. Every company and person in the world has a different strategy for this. Nike says, just do it. Um, Elon Musk talks about starting from first principles and going from there. But the way I typically think about it in my life is uh, two things. One, there's this Zen concept called Shoshin, which basically means start with a beginner's mind towards everything. And I don't pretend like I'm some Zen master or something. I just read this in some book when I was young and it stuck with me. But it's this concept of beginner's mind, approach new things with a, with a clean slate, and then try to figure them out from there. And then the second thing that drives the way I figure out a lot of this stuff and where I go with it is uh, uh, I value wisdom more than conviction. And I think that ties in with this concept of Shoshin. And so when I just need to start something, I start with a clean slate and I also try to just gain as much wisdom as I can rather than conviction without wisdom. So maybe another way of saying that is like I would rather have wisdom without conviction than conviction without wisdom and I think that is the best way you can start something. Like just assume you don't know anything 
and try to get to know the things from there and eventually have faith that you will have enough, you will know enough that you can make a decision on it. But at the same time, like I think a lot of people that maybe listen to this are going, you know, like the analogy you used earlier of the bulldozer versus the spoon, you know, I want to have wisdom, but at the same time I'm holding a spoon that I'm just dying to do something with. So uh, there really is, there's such a balance there of I've got the spoon and I can take action with this spoon. And I, I don't know that this is the wisest thing to do right now, but I don't know that it's not the wisest thing to do. So it's, I don't know, it just feels like such a, a, a tightrope that we all have to walk to figure out what is that thing that I was, I was put on this planet to, to do for this, you know, whatever this season of life is that I find myself in. Yeah, the U.S. Marines have a concept called preference towards action, or I think it's called bias towards action. Right. And it basically just means in a situation, if you don't have enough information, you should bias towards taking action because moving forward, regardless of how much information you have, is probably better than sitting around and trying to wait for information. And specifically when you're in a war zone, that's probably why, is because other people are always moving too. So you need to understand that the world doesn't stop just because you're standing still. Yeah, that's so true. And I think a lot of times we, it's easier to, to just sit back and wait until I have all of the answers and all the solutions and it all just magically formulates and crystallizes in my mind instead of just like, I don't know how this whole thing's going to play out, but I see in front of me what the next logical step is. So let's take that and see where this, this goes. Yeah. Well, I mean, what did you do with this? The, the show. Did you wait around and try to figure it out for a while or did you just kind of start going and figure it out as you went? Yeah, definitely figured out as, as I went. I'm still, <laughs> there's, there's days where you're like, what am I doing? And, but yeah, I think it's something where it's like, yeah, you just, you, you know, a, a concept I hear a lot is ship it and just get it out there. And I'm sure it was similar yeah. to whenever you, <laughs> whenever you had, when you started prime of going, let's just ship it. Let's just do the first iteration and this first take on it. I remember someone, I don't remember who said this, and I'll butcher the quote, but it was basically like your first draft of it is going to be, it's going to be the worst it, it will ever be. But yeah. that's okay because you, you start there and just get that out of your system, get that out of your way. Because, you know, I'm sure that years from now, you may look back at Prime as it stands today and be like, oh my gosh, that was horrible. But like at this moment, you're like, this is all I know. And I feel like we've put out a really, really good product based on what we know today. But years from now, where you'll be, it's a totally different place. But you, you don't know unless you take that initial step. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to say it any better than you just said it. Yeah, exactly. Boom. So give us a quick snapshot here on, uh, for Prime itself on if someone wants to check this out, if someone wants to learn more about it, uh, where can we go? Where can we find out more info? Yeah, so the product itself is called Prime. It's in the iPhone and iPad app store. It's called Prime. And you can just search Prime and you'll find it. The logo looks like an infinity symbol. It's hard to miss. Uh, it's stayinyourprime.com. And then likewise, all of our social accounts on Twitter and Facebook and everything are also Stay In Your Prime. And uh, we're located in the Bay Area of California. And we love meeting people, whether they're in healthcare or not. So, you know, likewise, and if people want to go offline and take it to the analog world, we're always happy to meet people in real life, too. And our email addresses are on our site. We'd love to hear from anybody. Awesome. Great stuff, man. Tyler, appreciate the time. Appreciate what you're doing uh, to make a dent in the universe. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks a bunch, Grant. You bet, buddy. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that, uh, that chit-chat with Tyler Hayes, one of the creators of Prime. A great app, great story there, and uh, dig really dig what they're doing. You know, one of the things that I really liked about what Tyler talked about there was uh, how he's, you can tell, he's thinking massive, like solving huge world problems. You know, he started his app because of what he experiences, experienced with his dad. So what, what's something in your world that may be a personal pain that you've dealt with that you could solve for others? I think oftentimes that one of the, the biggest opportunities that we have have to make some type of impact or influence in the world is figuring out what are the things 
that are just your, your passion about? What are the things that drive you? What are the things that get a reaction out of you? And so for him, as he's kind of thinking through what he experienced with his dad, he's going, man, I don't want any other families. I don't want any other kids to feel what I felt. And so how can I make this process smoother for others? So again, think through what are, what's maybe a, a personal pain or a personal uh, experience, maybe a tragedy that you've dealt with that you want to figure out how do I make sure that no one else ever has to feel like this again? Uh, and think big. You know, you, you heard what he's talking about with some of his just big goals and audacious ideas of, of just like, man, just some stuff that you may initially be like, that's far-fetched and that's out there. But for him, he's like, no, 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 I'm going to figure out how to make this happen. I don't want to just live, you know, 75 or 100 years. I want to I want to live forever. How do I actually make this happen? So really inspiring, really good stuff there. Hey, as always, make sure that you stop by grantbaldwin.com. You can download, see the links, everything that we discussed, talked about, show notes. It's all going to be there. Go to grantbaldwin.com slash Tyler Hayes, H-A-Y-E-S. Again, that's grantbaldwin.com slash Tyler Hayes. Now, uh, I teased to you at the top of the show, that we are doing a significant giveaway this week, and it is a doozy. One of my uh, my favorite online sites for really online business training and just entrepreneurs and solopreneurs getting started and kind of building a business is fizzle.co. Uh, if you're not familiar with Fizzle, uh, we interviewed a couple of the founders with the site. You can go to grantbaldwin.com slash Chase Reeves, uh, one of the founders as well as grantbaldwin.com slash Corbett Barr. Uh, both of those are great guys who have been on the show who uh, just share their journey and story about helping entrepreneurs get going. So Fizzle is an online community that provides resources, trainings, just really well done stuff. So we are giving away a lifetime membership to Fizzle. This is a great Great, great site. A great, like I said, a great group of guys who are building something really cool for entrepreneurs and, and people just trying to do their own deal. So uh, you can enter to win that lifetime membership by going to grantbaldwin.com slash giveaway. Again, that's grantbaldwin.com slash giveaway. But want you to be a part of that. Don't want you to miss out. Really good stuff there. Hey, also, I, I've uh, mentioned to you a couple times where we've been working on this course. We're getting closer to being able to release that and tell you more about that. Uh, it's going to be coming out. The end, uh, well, it's going to be at the beginning of of December, but I'm gonna I'm gonna start really telling you more about it uh, right at the end of Thanksgiving, right after Thanksgiving or so. So right at the end of November, I guess that's the month I'm looking for. So stick around for that. Can't wait to share that with you. Hey, as always, feel free to email me anytime. Anything I can do for you, email me, grant at grantbaldwin.com. You can also hit me up on the Twitter, at Grant Baldwin. Uh, anytime, anything I, that, that you're wrestling with, you're pondering with, you're chewing on, you're just trying to figure out, man, I'm just trying to look for some, some clarity on this of how do I figure out what it is that I want to do. You know, I get so many emails from people who are going, I know what I'm currently doing isn't it. I don't really know what it is that I'd rather be doing, but I'm just kind of processing. I'm just on that journey. And there's so many people that are in that spot. So anything that I can do to help you and support you on that or anything unrelated to that too, always feel free to email me anytime. Again, grant at grantbaldwin.com. All right, I think that wraps up this episode. Thanks for hanging out with us. We will be coming at you again later this week with another delightful, delicious knowledge biscuits. So yeah, (laughs) That that was random. My bad. Peace out, Girl Scout. You're awesome. Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you next time.